You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Welcome to Prognosis. I'm Laura Carlson. It's day 338 since coronavirus was declared a global pandemic. Today, we're bringing you a special edition of the podcast from our friends at Tradeoffs. During the first week of February, hospitalizations for COVID-19 in the U.S. fell below 110,000 for the first time since December 13th. The pace of vaccinations is also quickly ramping up. It's good news for sure. But for frontline healthcare providers, relief is still a long way off. And many of them are coming up on a full year of combating COVID. Today, what one doctor has learned in that year about death, denial, and this new disease. Host of Tradeoffs, Dan Gorenstein, has more. It was kind of like when the tornado sirens go off around here. Mike Hunahan is a 37-year-old emergency room physician in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mike remembers when COVID first appeared in the U.S. He was almost sure it was going to spread fast. Like the sky is black and the birds are quiet. It's very spooky. And there's just this, the loudest siren you've ever heard. And you just kind of brace He was bracing for a wave of sickness and death, and he was bracing against his own fear that people would fail to meet this moment. I was worried at the beginning of the pandemic that we would know exactly what to do, you know, wear masks and distance and not go to gatherings and stuff, but not have the courage to do it. One of his first patients did have that courage. She was a woman in her 90s. And I told her that she had COVID, And she said, I don't want a ventilator. Uh, (laughs) She said, I've had a good life. And you should give it to someone uh, young. I mean, she didn't even need a ventilator. Uh, But she didn't know that. She saw the news and I told her she had COVID. And she said, uh, give it to someone else. Mike recognized a kindred spirit in that woman, a person devoted to the greater good. It's why Mike left a well-paid hedge fund job in Connecticut and took out loans to practice medicine. It's corny to say, he says, but it's true. He wanted to make a difference. I've just sort of been pursuing that ever since. I, I still feel exactly the same. Nothing has changed at all. I think it's the best. It's an amazing job. Six years in, he's treated heart attacks, strokes, shortness of breath, and gunshot wounds. 
and he's gotten pretty good at it. Now he's doing his best to make a difference in a world overcome by COVID. It's been nearly a year since Mike saw that woman who declined the ventilator, and Mike's fears have been realized. Too few people had sacrificed to protect others to slow down the pandemic. As of early February, Oklahoma's had more than 380,000 COVID cases, more than 3,500 deaths. The point, there's a cost to people's seeming indifference to the virus. Mike sees that cost almost every day. In fact, he basically gets a tour of it every time he steps into the ER. First, there's the waiting room. It's controlled chaos. Mike says he's hit by the noise. Ambulance sirens, dozens of conversations in many languages. People in pain, people packed in. I mean, there's people sitting in chairs in the side of the hallway wearing street clothes. They don't have a gown, they don't have a bed getting IVs and oxygen, and that would never happen before. Nurses draw blood. Stable patients take a turn for the worse. An appendix ruptures. You've got 20 pots on the stove, and you just can't let anything burn. You know, you just have to find anything bad happening and do that right away. Mike is careful to say that everyone in his hospital gets what they need, but the waiting is real. Next up on the tour, phone calls. Mike makes lots of calls these days. Sometimes that's meant asking adult children to make urgent end-of-life decisions. I said, uh, like I have said a hundred times, I'm sorry to wake you up. It's Dr. Hoonahan in the emergency room. I have your mother here. A semi-conscious woman in her 90s had just arrived in the middle of the night from a skilled nursing facility. She had COVID. She's really sick. I think the best thing to do is to intubate her. Does she have a power of attorney? or an advanced directive. The daughter started to cry. She said, do I have to do this now? She kept saying that. Do I have to decide right now? I said, yeah, you do. But she couldn't. She needed time. A half an hour later, she called Mike back. And she said she wouldn't want that. Do what you think is best. She would not want to be on a ventilator. Mike then broke the news. The woman's mother didn't need the ventilator after all. And that was great, of course. A few simple interventions had actually stabilized her breathing. But the moment also revealed a simple truth. The uncertainty around COVID is always there, even for doctors. After the break, confrontations with patients, a letter to the editor, and hope. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. 
Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. We're back looking at how one ER doc has coped with COVID. Like most ER docs, Mike prides himself on sizing up a patient's symptoms fast and acting. He's modeled himself after his mentors. I remember thinking the older doctors had superpowers. Like when I started training, like they could just hold so much information in their head and they never panicked. They were always calm and they could just figure stuff out so quickly. But COVID is new. It's harder to be sure what he's seen, like with that woman from the nursing facility. A big thing that's been really scary is that it seems like intubating these patients might not always be the right thing to do. And that was something that we always had a fallback on. Typically, when a patient struggles for air on her own, doctors insert a tube into her airway, and the tube is connected to a ventilator that pushes air into the lungs. If someone's oxygen was super low from heart failure or COPD or some other pneumonia, you could put in a breathing tube and feel pretty sure that you could fix it. But patients with COVID can be sick for weeks, and if she's on a ventilator all that time, she can lose the ability to breathe on her own. It's kind of like an astronaut. Like if they're in space, not doing anything for a month, they're weak. When you put someone on a ventilator and COVID is just ravaging their lungs, they're going to be on the ventilator for three weeks. They can't get strong enough again to come off the ventilator. Nearly a year into this thing, doctors are still figuring out the best way to care for their patients. People are surviving with low oxygen, not intubated. And people are getting intubated for low oxygen and dying on the ventilator. And it just, so much of it doesn't make any sense. The next stop, patient rooms. COVID has on occasion pitted patient against doctor. Mike's seen patients in the hospital with COVID refuse to wear a mask. They don't think it's real. And you're just watching all this carnage every day for a year. It's like your brain is not built to understand it. Through this all, Mike has lost his bearings a bit. He's devoted his medical career to helping the common good. He even wrote a letter to the editor in the Tulsa World last fall after he heard what President Trump had said in an October rally in Michigan. Our doctors get more money if somebody dies from COVID. You know that, right? It was kind of death by a thousand cuts. And that was the worst, last, deepest one. As if what we're already doing isn't hard enough. (laughs) You know. A few days later, Mike went for a bike ride after a rough shift at the hospital. And I was just riding through this big park in town and almost no one had masks on. And it was this juxtaposition of leaving the hospital where all these people are just sick and dying. It's like you you walk into a different world. He didn't know what to do. Everything seemed to be piling up. He was angry, sad, disappointed. He couldn't sleep. So on one of those sleepless nights, he wrote the letter. We need every single person to become a hero because what's true on the front lines is true everywhere. When you distance, wear a mask, and wash your hands, you are saving someone's life. Mike hoped his letter might make a difference, that his story as an ER doc serving his community might convince more people to wear masks. But Mike knows his story didn't work well enough. All he has to do is work around his ER. 
With the vaccine here, Mike's now worried about people feeling a false sense of security, just as more contagious variants are on the rise. He's worried a year in, people still don't get how serious this is, how connected we all are. And that takes us to the final stop of this ER tour, his computer. I had a patient that needed surgery for his gallbladder. He didn't have COVID, but I called 12 hospitals until I found one that had a bed where he could go. This guy had an emergency, and there are so many people with COVID that he would die in America if that ruptured. Imagine, says Mike, a doctor trying to save a patient of an imminently curable condition by desperately Googling hospitals, looking for anyone with enough capacity to take him in. Maybe that'll hit home a little differently. Think about that. If you need your gallbladder cut out or you're going to die, you'll wish that everyone had worn masks. Maybe that'll work. (laughs) Mike still believes, in spite of everything, there's no place he'd rather be. On days when he struggles, he turns to moments from the past year that remind him of how good people can be to each other. The anonymous thank you note on his windshield. The neighbor who started mowing his lawn. The surprise parade in front of his house, friends honking and waving. And the 90-year-old woman who was willing to sacrifice for someone else. I'm Dan Gorenstein, and this is Tradeoffs. That episode was produced by the team at Tradeoffs. You can subscribe to the Tradeoffs podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Or check them out at tradeoffs.org. And that's it for our show today. For coverage of the outbreak from 120 bureaus around the world, visit Bloomberg.com coronavirus. And if you like the show, please leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It's the best way to help more listeners find our global reporting. The Prognosis Daily Edition is produced by Topher Forges, Magnus Henriksen, and me, Laura Carlson. Today's main story was reported by the team at Tradeoffs. Original music by Leo Sidrin. Our editors are Rick Schein and Francesca Levy. Francesca Levy is Bloomberg's head of podcasts. Thanks for listening. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.